Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we are going to be talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, this is going to be coming out in the, in the last week of October, and I really felt like we really needed to bring it home and discuss about breast cancer. And to do that, I was like, you know, figuring out who can I go to and I asked these questions, do I need to go to a doctor or bring somebody in or something like that? And I said, no, I have somebody very near and dear to me, a special, who has gone through this process. And um, I said, no, let me ask my mom. I said, hey, do you, you want to get on it? She's like, seriously? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want you to talk about your experience and um, was near and dear to your heart. And um, again, Carol Robson, welcome to the Notebooks at the Dark podcast. Thank you. Welcome. And um, we want to talk about first, like, how did you find out from 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 the begin from beginning, and like your process of your thoughts, and you know, you I'm, I'm one of your kids, and how the kids' reaction. Just go from the beginning. Okay, so in October of 2002, um, I was doing a self exam, breast self exam, and I felt the lump in my breast, and I thought, hmm, this is unusual, but not. I had previously two lumps in the same breast, so I thought, okay, so it's the third lump. The first two lumps that had gotten to, um, biopsies, and they were came back as as negative. And I said, okay, there's nothing going on there. So the third lump, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be the same thing. But this one felt a little bit different than the previous two. So I went to the doctor and um, got examined. And on the same day, she said, yep, the lump is definitely there. I'm going to send you immediately to the radiologist. I want a mammogram of this today. So before we go further, um, how did you even, were you checking yourself periodically or this is just something that just came about. You just touched, touched, you know, went about going about that. Since I had two previous lumps in the same breast, I did monthly breast exams, as well as every year I would go for my mammogram. Okay. And the mammogram had been done early in the year and had not shown anything, but this lump was different. So when I went to the um, radiologist, he did a mammogram, and he says, I can't find the lump on the mammogram. And he said, well, okay, we're going to do a sonogram. So he did a sonogram. He says, okay, I can see it on a sonogram. I can actually feel it with my hand when I do the exam, but we can't see it on the mammogram. So he said, we're going to, he was determined to find it on the mammogram. So eventually he did find it on the mammogram, but it was difficult to find on the mammogram, but it was definitely there. So at that point, they gave me the name of two surgeons, said, we want you to go to one of these surgeons, call both of their offices. Whichever one can see you first is who you go see. We need this to be um, biopsied immediately. So I did call the two surgeons. The, the one was able to see me within a couple of days. I went in, she did the exam, and scheduled a biopsy. Um, the biopsy was done in November and came back that the, the lump was malignant. So she says, okay, we need to go ahead and do the surgery, and we have options of what we can do. We can just go do, remove the lump, or we can do a mastectomy and remove the breast. So I had gone back and researched information on both of them, but I also knew uh, a very good friend of mine who lived in Syracuse who had gone through a similar procedure. And she initially had chosen to have the lump removed. And after that surgery, she'd go back again because they told her, no, 
um, we didn't get it all. We got to go back again. So in the long run, she ended up having like three surgeries. And eventually she did have her breast removed. So I'm thinking, I don't want to go through this whole process. And since there were already two lumps in that same breast, I'm not really sure what's going on with that breast. So, and I didn't know, even though before they had been benign, with this lump now being malignant, I didn't know if that was going to, how that was going to affect the other two. So, so I, was, I guess my question for all this going on in your brain, um, how, is that, how is this affecting you mentally, um, knowing that this is all going on? How do you do, how do you go about telling your kids, your husband, what's going on this time? Like, oh, I was a wreck. So okay. as soon as the doctor told me that um, the no the breast was definitely uh, having the, the tumor in it, I immediately called my husband and um, told him what was going on. He came to the office. We talked about it. I cried a lot, and I went home, and we discussed it. You no, know, we discussed it further about. What could we do at this point? So it was a really hard time because, like I said, before the lumps before had been benign and they weren't a big deal. This was now a big deal. And what year was this again? It was back in 2002. Okay. So I've I recall this was my senior year of college. Yes. But I, I don't know about this at this point. No. Okay. So we'll, we'll hold on to that. But go yeah, ahead. You'll know about that. Okay. So um, she decides we need to have the surgery. So this is now we're into December. And I says, okay, how soon can we have the surgery? She says, oh, we'll wait till January. I said, no, no, we need to have it now. She says, no, you need some time to kind of think about what's going on and to really have, you know, you, you need time. And just to try to enjoy yourself this much, the holidays coming up, enjoy time with your family, do some fun things. I'm like, but I need this cancer out of my body because it's there. I mean, is it going to spread? You know, I'm worried about it. You know, it's, it's growing, it's there. I don't know what it's going to mean for my life. And I had children to raise. So she said, no, we're going to do it in January. So I guess the question would be, was there any previous history of family family that had breast cancer that you know of? None that I know of. Not in my family at all. Okay. So that, so, so you know how people always say it's genetic. Mm -hmm. It gave me go from place to place. Family, family member, you don't know. You were the first one out of your... Yeah, out of my family. And I asked, as soon as I found out what I had, then I tried to research in the family, and no one knew of anyone who had breast cancer previously. Okay. So, and they're thinking, the doctors are saying, well, when I went to see the oncologist, she's saying, well, we know how to treat this. is an easy one because it's estrogen and progesterone. I'm like, okay, so does this mean, is this related to medication I've taken? You know, I had been on birth control pill. And no one would clearly say yes, but they said this was one that they, they had taken back to the source was estrogen and progesterone. Wow, okay. So back in... So, so we're in, in December. So in December, so we're not going to have... So I did Christmas the best I could. Okay. Because she told me to try to enjoy myself and do some fun things. Um, January, the surgery was scheduled, and she did remove the breast. And I'm really happy now I made a decision because in the process of them removing the breast, what they found was the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. And so to end up, it was in four lymph nodes. Explain that to everybody, like as far as how did it, so it spread that quickly from when you found out to 
to when I, when we had the surgery, surgery. Okay. it was spread. So it was four lymph nodes were involved, and that's like up, up in your arm area. And um, from there, they took out 19 lymph nodes because she told me the four they saw that were involved, they knew they had to take those out. They took the next row out just in case it had spread that far, and then they went to the next row just in case it had gone to the second row. But when they um, did the... Um, biopsy on those cells, they found that only four were actually involved. But it took out 19 just as precautionary measures. Wow. So, yeah. So, so how long was the surgery? I mean... Surgery probably was a couple hours, and, and then I know I remember waking up, and I was in a lot of pain. And um, But the nurses that I had were extremely good, and they made sure that I was well cared for. They told me, we don't want you in any pain. Let us know what we can do to help you. My family was there. My sister was there. My husband was there. So we were all there trying to make sure that I got whatever I needed. Um, so I did go home soon after that, and uh, in... This was in January, and in the end of February, 1st of March, I met with the oncologist, and she talked to me about what was going to happen, and of course, she said, you're going to lose your hair, and of course, that was a big thing for me. So, I mean, as a sister. That's right. I mean, just, just so everybody knows, losing your hair is a big thing. A big thing, and my hair was like my pride and joy, so I was like, I'm going to lose my hair, so I'm like, she says, yes, the hair is going to go. So, you had to go through chemo. I had to go to chemo. Okay. And What, um, else, what else she said to you? To so, well, I mean, and then I had said to the, uh, the surgeon, I said, well, do, whenever we do the surgery, are we going to do um, reconstruction? She says, no, let's wait, because if you, you're probably going to need to have to take radiation, and you don't want to radiate a new breast. So, we'll wait till after your, all your procedures are done, and then we'll talk about reconstruction. So what stage were you at when they found it? Do you know? I was in stage two. Okay. And um, yeah, it was pretty severe. Stage two. Stage is, two. What is that? That's pretty much. I mean, like now they're finding and a lot of people find it as stage zero. Mine was a stage two. Okay. So it was pretty bad. So I had to go through chemo and radiation. Um, How long were those, the doctors? Uh, well, they tell you the bits of pieces. So I went to chemo, and the, sur the chemo of my oncologist was excellent. She was very good. And she pretty much explained everything to me, was very open. I'd go ask her any kind of questions, and she was always willing to answer them for me. Uh, chemo for me was... Kind of, it was difficult. I would have it on a Friday. I would work. I was back at my oncologist told me she wanted me to return to work, and she says I want you working because if you're sitting at home, you have too much time to think about what's going on. You need to be working, um, staying busy and taking care of yourself. So I went back to work, and luckily I had an office I worked in that everyone was very aware of what was going on, and it was a small office, and they were very good in helping take care of me um, because. Prior to my coming there, there had been another woman who worked there who had breast cancer, who had died. So they were very aware of breast cancer and the symptoms, and they were very helpful in helping me to heal through this. So through the chemo, um, what happened, I was, my uh, sense of smell became very heightened. So I would walk into the chemo room. Every time I would walk in, <clears throat> I would get sick. And they knew I would get sick. So I would come in. They would say, get the trash can. We know she's going to throw up. I would. And then after that, I could take the chemo. But just, just going into the room was so traumatic for me to just smell all the chemo medicines. It was just overwhelming. Wow. 
So I went, so it was like it's like a mix of cocktails, basically. Yeah. Yeah, cocktails uh huh. Now, did you find yourself losing weight from all this, from this process, nope. or didn't lose any weight? As a matter of fact, they were very, um, very aware that they said we did not. They did not want me to lose weight. They wanted to make sure I could maintain my weight, so I had to eat and um, do everything I was always doing beforehand. Okay. Um, however, during the chemo, I started one day. I felt these lumps in my arm and my surgery arm. And I went to the doctor not knowing what they were. And I said, you know, there's these knots in my arm. And the nurse said, how long have they been there? I said, I don't know, about a week or so. She says, those are blood clots. You have to go on to Lovinux immediately. Wow. So you just happened to be touching your arm. And felt the lumps. And not knowing they were blood clots. Does this happen commonly when you go on chemo? I think so. Because they weren't, they were aware, but they weren't really surprised. They heard that I had them. And I was on a surgery arm, and I that whole arm was like very, had to be protective of that arm. So um, I had to give myself lower nose injections. So you injected yourself? Myself, in my stomach, every day for a year. And wow, at wow. the time I was there, I had taken um, my daughter, who was 13 at the time, with me to the doctor that day. And um, they told me I had to give myself low nice injections. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And they said, well, if you can't do it, your daughter has to do it. And so I'm thinking. And so they brought her into the room, and they taught her how to give me injections. They said, if, if your mom can't do this, you have to do this because she has to have them every day. So this is at the age of 13 years old. 13-year-olds learn how to inject the mother. Yeah, it's being taught. Wow. So it was like, I'm not going to let this 13-year-old inject me. So <laughs> I am going to do this. Okay. So for a year, I had to give myself Lovinox injection. That Lovinox is like a blood thinner. And so that it would dissolve the, the clots and it wouldn't develop anywhere else. So um, I went through the chemo. Okay, I was able to go through all of it. However, I did lose my hair after the first chemo um, treatment. And I came home and I was combing my hair as, as I combed it was like big clops were just falling out. So my husband, I asked him would he shave my hair off because I couldn't stand to see it come out like that. So he did. He shaved it. And at least that way I didn't see it fall out anymore. So so again, during this time period, um, psychologically, just mentally, physically, how are you feeling? Overwhelmed. That this out. I mean, you have a 13-year-old daughter that's in middle school at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you live and you're living in Houston, Texas. Live in Houston, we didn't. We had family down there, but not close and family. Most of families in Baltimore, Maryland. Most families in Baltimore. And your son's out. I mean, I'm out in college at Syracuse. In Syracuse, this time. yes. So I'm just my senior year going in. Yep. And I don't think I knew yet at this point either. You probably didn't know yet. I didn't know yet. So <laughs> this is going again. This is my senior year of college. So I'm not. I'm not you know, I'm hearing the story of. For the second or third time, maybe. Yeah. And you guys are here for the first time. Yeah, you didn't hear the whole thing was going on. Right. Your sister was there. She she was my rock. Okay. So, like, I would go to chemo on Friday, and then by Friday evening, I would start feeling kind of woozy. And then by Saturday, I'd be full-blown sick. I'd be in the bathroom, um, throwing up. It was really a rough time Saturday all day Saturday I would go through that Sunday morning half the day Sunday and then by Sunday evening I would start feeling better and then Monday I would go back to work like it never happened mm. um, and she would stay the whole time I would come sometime out of the bathroom and she'd be sitting on the bed waiting for me to come back out of the bathroom to make sure I was okay um, so it was a rough time 
but we got through it. I had a lot of help down there. Um, my brother-in-law came down and stayed for a while. My sister came down and stayed for a while. So different people would come to stay because through the same time, my husband was trying to figure out how to get us back to Baltimore where we had family. And so he had gotten a job and he moved back so he could have so we could move back whenever you know, where the family was close family was and um, so we had different families who came down to, to Texas and stayed with me during this time so we could we could maintain our lifestyle as much as possible what hospital were you attending at during this time when they came um, Humane Hospital oh. in, in Houston okay very good hospital and it didn't know I can't say enough for the staff and the, my oncologist I love her to death she was wonderful and she said to me, when I finished um, treatment with her, I was going to move back to Baltimore. She said, you will not find another doctor as good as I am. And <laughs> she was right. She was so good. I really appreciate everything she did. Um, you could talk to her. And as you would, as I was talking to her, you could see her mind was trying to formulate the, question, the answers to my question before I even got out of my mouth. Uh, she was just that good. So you went, so we'll go back to you. So you... The chemo for how long and radiation for how long? I was on chemo from March until I think I think about six months of four months of chemo. Then I went with radiation, and the radiation was I can't remember how many treatments it was. Cut it, write it down. Whenever I was doing it during the time, I should have been keeping a diary, and I didn't. So it was just I just went through it. The radiation I thought was pretty good, and you would go in there and you. Two minutes or five minutes, you'd be finished, and like you couldn't feel anything. I'm like, oh, this is like really easy. So somewhere midway, the nurse said, "Remember, we gave you this cream to use." I see. She said, "You may want to start using it now." And little did I know, my skin was beginning to break down from the radiation. Oh man! And so, but it was expected it would do that. I didn't know it was going to do that. And so I had to start using this cream because I couldn't stand anything to touch my skin. So I basically just had to wear like a t-shirt because I couldn't stand for bra anything else to touch me at that point. Anything that was going to fit tight on that area. So I did the radiation, finished that, and. Obviously, it worked because, you know, here I'm 16 years later, all this is I'm still here to talk about this. Um, but it was in that, but I still have radiation burns from the area of my skin there, still discolored. So now I can appreciate why the surgeon said, don't do reconstruction surgery until after radiation, because it is a lot of strain on your body at that point. Um, I guess I mean, the a question would be looking back at all you went through. What was your number one thing that you would say, you know what, that really got me through? Family okay. and God. Okay. Because I I prayed to God every day that he would help me get through this. And I knew I had a family that I could trust and I could rely on to help me and to get, help me get through all of this. And it was constantly thinking about what needed to be done next to make, it, make life good for me. And then when I thought it was almost over, <clears throat> in May of 2004, just before graduation from um, youth from college. No, I, I was 03. 03. Yeah. Well, right before, I, that's right, 03. Yep. So right before then, I developed a, um, a blood clot in my neck, on my left side of my neck. Um, this is while you were taking chemo, correct? Or radiation? This is after after radiation, after everything, okay. I developed a blood clot. Okay. And um, 
the they couldn't have figured they I called the doctor and I said, My neck is hurt. She said, What do you mean your neck is hurt? And I said, My neck is hurt. She says, Come in right away. And she immediately saw me and then sent me straight to the hospital to do a sonogram and they came back and said it was a blood clot in my neck. And that's right above where my portacath was. So I had to go um, have emergency surgery that day to remove my portacath. But the problem was I had eaten a banana for breakfast that morning. So I couldn't have surgery for so many hours afterwards because I had food in my stomach. Mm. So meanwhile, I was trying to find, call around, find family in Houston that I could leave my daughter with because I had to go into surgery. I didn't know how long I was going to be in there. And um, my uh, husband was in Baltimore, and he called um, some of our friends down there, <laughs> some of the staff, and one of them came over with her, mom, with her daughter, her mother, and they came over to get Michelle. And they were going to keep her while I was in the hospital. Um, so I ended up the afternoon going into the hospital. They removed the catheter, and they sent me home on Coumadin. It was another blood thinner. Okay. Wow, so you're on two blood thinners right Well, they took me off of Lovinux and just put me on a Coumadin. Okay. Um, and so that was... Um, that was after we, when I thought everything was over, something else came up. Okay. So it always managed to just keep on going. And I was trying to, I told my head to um, get out of the hospital it was time for graduation. Mm-hmm. I need to fly to Syracuse for the graduation. So they did it. They were able to get me out, put me on Coumadin, sent me to the graduation. And I stayed, and I stayed on Coumadin for a few more um, weeks before they pulled me off of that. Wow, so I, I didn't even, I didn't know that part of the story. So yeah. again, folks, you guys are hearing the same, hearing the story just as I'm getting the story. Mm-hmm. And I remember I didn't really know about this until I want to say after spring break. Break, I want to yeah. say. I want to say spring break. Um, I, you guys had reached out and told me, and yeah, uh, you guys purposely didn't tell me. No, we want you to. Try to get through school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean. We're uh, that close to we, graduation. We were very close to the finish line. And um, I remember I came home during tech, during Christmas, and I mm-hmm. didn't know about it either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the first time I saw you was uh, after, after your, all your treatments I didn't know about. I mean, you told me about the treatments, but it was graduation. Two yeah. days before graduation. Graduation. And I remember you had no hair at that point. And that was the first time I've ever noticed seeing you without any hair. Mm-hmm. And it was shocking to me. But you know, it was like you know, I didn't, I didn't know the extent of how yep. serious and severe it was. It was very serious and it was very severe. And I said, now I'm, I'm, I'm happy that now um, the test results are getting better, that they're able to find these um, breast cancer at stage zero, which I think is wonderful. Um, so they're able to do a lot more things, offer a lot more options, and so that's why it's really important for every woman to do her monthly. Self, self breast exam and also to go in for your mammograms every year. I have to go now every year, I have to go for my mammograms and you know, it's life saving. I think you, everyone has to do that. And not only that, we're talking about now that more and more men are coming out and saying they have had breast cancer. And so I think it's important they're saying that if you, as a mom, have breast cancer your children have a higher risk of getting it. So We've seen our fathers, our brothers, our children are at risk too for breast cancer. So I think it's not only a woman's issue, but more men need to be doing exams also. And what would you say to like a lot of the young women out there? I know, I know it's very high statistics and 
African-American community also. Uh-huh. Uh, what would you say to them as far as, I know you said, just t- touched on it, but going forward as you have a daughter, how do, do you fear for that day knowing that it's a high risk? Yeah, she's high risk and she has to go with the breast exam. And every woman in my family is high risk because once anyone in your family has it, they consider you, the whole family is higher risk. So I think that, you know, you need to go and get your exam. You need to be examining yourself every month. Just get used to touching yourself and doing your exam. And if you find anything that seems unusual, go to the doctor. Now, I know you're a sorority that you guys have to put it on a nice... Um, and Michelle threw, uh, was, was uh, leading the, the, the discussion mm-hmm. at Madonna Mall um, a little bit less than a couple weeks ago. Uh, and a lot of people showed up. What do you get you guys doing in the community as far as doing forums and things of that nature, just letting them know where you can go get free exams or things of that nature? Yeah, we're doing, we have. Um, people in Baltimore. Yes, we have it on our website. Also, we have um, the sorority has a mammogram bus. That's been going around the country, and we've been doing free uh, mammograms. And because what we do is avoid, we raise money so we can help pay for mammograms for people who can't afford to pay for mammograms. Sorry, the name of the sorority. I just said the name of the sorority. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Okay. Incorporated. Okay. okay. And so we would love for everyone to please know it's really important. And there are places in Baltimore. You can look on the website. You can look, on, look up on your internet where they are doing free press exams. And free breast um, mammograms. And what? Just going back to when your doctor said what your options were. Um, when you found out everything, and is it normally take that long for the surgery to happen? Um, I mean, I, I just kind of get baffles when you find out. And then was it November you found out, or a little, I found out in November, or, and then in January. January. I think they determined like how. They determine what they think it is. They think it's a fast-growing cancer or if there's something they think. Can, it's, no, you have to rely that they know what they're talking about. And so and if you have a question that maybe the doctor is not correct, you always get a second opinion. Um, but I trusted the, the staff that I had. They were, seemed very confident, and obviously they were. Because, um, like I said, this is now 16 years later, and I'm still here. And I still do go get my breast exams, and I also get my mammograms regularly. So I think it's just important. you got to keep that in, in line. You must do those exams. So I guess what would you say to people? I know you kind of touched on it. I don't, they don't have insurance at their job. And, you know, they. I mean, people are maybe... Maybe ashamed, or they can't leave work. I uh, can't leave work. They only so many, so many vacation days or sick days. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Well, I'm gonna tell you when they when they first told me I had breast cancer. Well, there was cancer, and um, I was in the surgeon's office, and she had called me back to her office to after the biopsy to explain to me the biopsy. And I went to her office, and I thought mm, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. She was taking too long. I thought, and I'm like, I'm going to leave. And so I said to the secretary, I said, look, I got to meet with my boss. I'm leaving. I'll be back. Um, and so she says, okay. So as I'm walking out the door, the surgeon comes out, and she says, where are you going? I said, I have to go back to work because she said, no, you have to stay here with me and talk to me now. And at that point, I realized it was very serious. So I think no matter how busy we think we are or how important we think we are or how, you know, whatever, there's nothing that's more important than our health. And you got to put everything else like aside and take care of yourself because if you don't you're not going to be here to take care of your own business so I think you have to make the decision that my life is worth it and if it costs me a few dollars it's going to cost me that or like I said you get on the internet you can look it up and see where they are offering free breast um, mammograms 
All right. Well, I, I, I thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, just really, I really wanted to touch home and open up a little bit part of my life so people can understand, you know, how serious things are. And everybody wants to know, like, you know, breast cancer awareness month. And, you know, you see all these walks and, you know, it hits home very co close to me and near and dear. And I wanted, you know, people to understand how important it is to get those exams, those mammograms, things of those nature to make sure you stay healthy. And, you know, my mom's here 16 years later. Yep. And um, I know I have a couple other friends who right now that have told me their moms are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've reached out to me and asked me, you know, what's your thoughts? And, you know, they didn't, and some of them didn't know. So, you know, and I just want people to understand how very important it is for you to check. You know, I have a lot of friends that are going into their 40s. What age do you recommend? What age do people well, say? Well, they have different ages. It depends on if you have a history of it. In your family, there's one age. And, you know, so it varies. But for sure, you need to go in there by the time. I think, I think they say 40. You definitely get in there and start looking at that. And so I know they keep changing. The, the age keeps to change by the National Society. But you got to know yourself. So if your body feels different or if any history in your family, then you make the decision. You go and you tell a doctor, I need to have this done. All right, well, I appreciate my mom for coming on, Ms. Carol Robinson, and uh, I appreciate you giving us some education. And, hey, you know, I just want everybody to understand how important this is, and we're closing out Breast Cancer Awareness Month with a bang. And um, if you want to see more of my mom, she's on the Alpha Kappa Alpha, Alpha Regional website. Website, and she's telling her story live and direct. And uh, just like I said, I just want to get the story out here and really – in Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness should be every month not just one yes, month of the year yes it is it's every day of my life alright thank you alright thank you <laughs>